Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a student of civil rights history. I'm also a huge fan of other history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, and anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you. On this episode, I want to give a very clear trigger warning. This story is horrific and deals with racist violence and the murder of a child. So please proceed with caution and self-care. If this is too much for you to handle today, don't worry. We'll be here tomorrow. You can always come back. Take care of yourself first and foremost. All right, let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna stuff no it won't be tough gonna go a year till you've had enough it's 365 on this day in 1955 a 14 year old boy named emmett till was brutally murdered by a group of grown men the boy was black the men were white and they killed him just for flirting with a white woman the white killers were acquitted in a trial by an all-white all-male jury But because of the courage of Emmett Till's mother, Mamie, his death would not be forgotten. Emmett Till's murder has been called the spark that ignited the civil rights movement. Eight years later, on the anniversary of Till's killing, Martin Luther King Jr. gave his famous I Have a Dream speech. Another year after that, the Civil Rights Act was finally passed, ending legalized segregation in America. Let's reverse. Emmett Till was murdered in Mississippi, but that's not where he was from. His parents had moved from Mississippi to Chicago decades earlier as a part of a mass migration of Black people out of the dangerous Jim Crow South. Emmett lived with his family in a thriving Black community on the south side of Chicago. He was an outgoing, funny, charming kid. By all accounts, he was a real jokester. A month after his 14th birthday, Emmett and his cousin got on a train to go spend the summer in Mississippi with some family down there. Emmett was so excited to go, despite his mother's worries. She knew what Mississippi was like, and even though Emmett had grown up in a segregated part of Chicago, she knew he couldn't imagine yet how different it was in the Deep South at that time. She tried to prepare him for how to behave so that he wouldn't draw unwanted attention from white people. Say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and don't look white women in the eye. She hugged him before he got on the train and waved goodbye, not knowing he would never come back. A few days after Emmett and his cousins got to Mississippi, they went to a corner store to get some bubblegum. A 21-year-old white woman worked in the store. And accounts vary, but the best that we can tell, Emmett whistled, thinking it was a harmless flirtation. A few nights later, two white men came to the family home with guns and forced Emmett into the back of their truck. They drove off with him and never returned. No one really knows the exact details of what happened that night, when an unknown number of grown white men tortured and killed a 14-year-old black boy. But Emmett's body was found days later in the river, tied with barbed wire to a heavy piece of metal. He had been so badly beaten and tortured that his face was unrecognizable. He had a bullet hole in his head. His uncle had to identify the body and couldn't speak for hours after. Only two men were ever tried for the murder, the white woman's husband and brother-in-law. But historians believe there were at least seven involved. The trial was a complete farce. The jury of white men acquitted the killers in barely an hour. For the next 50 years, most Mississippi textbooks didn't mention Emmett Till at all. One that did only included a brief paragraph about him, 
the blurb mistakenly called the 14-year-old child man and focused on how the perpetrators cast an unfairly bad light on the good white people of Mississippi. Years later, the woman who Till allegedly whistled at admitted that she had fabricated most of her story. Interestingly enough, she has apparently written a memoir expressing her regret, but she has requested it remain sealed until 2036, presumably after her death. But Emmett Till's murder would not be forgotten, thanks to his mother's courage. Even in the face of her own horror and grief, Mamie Till bravely decided that his funeral would have an open casket. She said, I want the world to see what they did to my baby. She also allowed Jet Magazine to publish photos and share them around the world. She was only 34 years old, and she spent the rest of her life dedicated to activism and education in the civil rights movement and in the Chicago school system. Her incredible courage became a rallying point for the very young civil rights movement. People around the world saw the photos. In the United States, the shock and horror turned to the outrage that turned to determination and activism. Three months later, in Montgomery, Alabama, Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on a bus. Black people were supposed to sit in the back, not sit in the front with the white people. Her refusal to submit to the racist bus segregation led to a year-long bus boycott and the eventual collapse of bus segregation in Alabama. She said that when she refused to move from that bus seat, it was Emmett Till she was thinking of. Today, there are a few memorials for Emmett Till in Mississippi and in Chicago, where he and his mother are buried very close to each other. But his family and other activists are working on something more, a national park memorial site called the Mamie and Emmett Till National Park. The site isn't decided yet, and the movement still needs a lot more support. You can learn more and help out at tillnationalpark.org. That's Till with two L's. The park will honor the memory of a vivacious black child and the courage of a young mother who let her grief change a nation. Now, let's talk about music. On this day in 2011, Beyonce revealed her first pregnancy during the MTV Music Video Awards, and Twitter basically set itself on fire with excitement. In the middle of her performance of Love on Top, Beyonce announced to the crowd, I want you to feel the love that's growing inside of me. At the end of the song, she opened up her jacket and put her hand on her stomach, and the crowd went completely nuts. A Beyonce pregnancy announcement is practically guaranteed to break the internet. Six years later, she posted to Instagram to say she was pregnant with twins. Her announcement broke the Instagram record for the most liked post. Half a million tweets hit the internet within just 45 minutes. We love to see Queen Bee winning. And now for today's final segment of the show, I'm going to be looking into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on an August 28th in my life. I did anything super exciting on an August 28th. It looks like on August 28th, 2020, I was playing Among Us. Still not proud of that phase. Did lead to some pretty cool moments in my life that I don't even know if I'll necessarily get to talk about because it happened while I was recording the podcast last year. But getting to play Among Us with AOC later on was very cool. Technically, that's not the 28th of any August in my life. But since I didn't get to talk about it on the podcast, um, I got to play Among Us with, with Miss AOC herself. Now that is going to make the history textbooks one day. I think it will, for sure. Thanks for going back in time with me, and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's three. 
65.